Hello, this is Tropper Chat, a health and wellness show designed with you in mind. On Tropper, we drive conversations around all things healthy and how to make the right choices when it relates to and concerns your well-being. From strategies and tips to losing weight and kicking it off to tips on how to keep your mind in tune with living healthily. We do this alongside the Tropper app, the app that can be referred to as the Commonwealth for all things healthy. You will find Nigeria's largest community of fitness enthusiasts. You can find venues for your favorite sports. You can even find a trainer to help you with your health and fitness goals. And my favorite, you can find a partner with whom you can drive your fitness goals. Welcome to Tropic Chat. I am Uluwatsumishi Oladapo Kuku. Do you know that when recuperating from illness or just feeling tired, your body requires increased amounts of nutrition for quick and fast recovery? Complan contains a balanced mix of 23 essential nutrients, giving your body balanced nutrition. Complan is also good for children, lactating mothers, recovering patients, and busy people to stay fit and active. Oh yes! As an investment banker, I have a stressful schedule and whenever I'm feeling weak, I take Complan. It's my drink of choice. Complan, a complete meal in a drink. Hey guys, this is Dreya from Dreya Fit. Steven This is Esther Moreni, KG Fitness Trainer Extraordinary. Lockdown to Tropa Charge. Tropa Charge. My favorite on traffic radio, 96.1 FM. Keep it locked. Last week, we learned that carbohydrates are not the enemy, but our friends on our journey to losing weight and keeping it off. Not only are they the body's major fuel, if taken properly, they can be a good boost to a healthy and sustainable weight loss. Most importantly, we learned that on the way to weight loss, no food group should be left out. Those special diets like low-carb diets can be used to jumpstart weight loss. They shouldn't be used for too long. Experts say not longer than 14 days this week we take a look at a chronic disease that is fast becoming an epidemic it is uh it used to be seen as a white man's disease but we are having increasing numbers of diagnoses in nigeria and indeed africa cancer what exactly is cancer what can we do to raise awareness of these disease how can we join hand to help with the prevention of cancer this is how the conversation will go today and to join the conversation today is Tony Andrews, a cancer awareness advocate good evening good evening how are you today fine thank you it's good to have you in the studio thank you all right let's get straight to the business of the day what is cancer well um like i said i'm glad to be back actually um cancer is not just a single disease it's a group of related disease uh when i say that um um, I say that because cancer as it is, uh, is evolving or is as a result of environmental issues, the food that we eat, um, and some of the, um, and some of it can be hereditary and, uh, basically our lifestyles as many, as many cells as possible that sit in our body. You have cells that are normal. You have cells that are abnormal. Okay. The cells that are abnormal 
can divide itself and that causes that's as a result of it getting to the cancer level um the risk of getting cancer everybody says well you know it's not my disease like you said it's a white man's disease and all of that the risk is enormous and it depends on what type of cancer we're talking we're about, talking about. Yes. okay all right how aware will you say nigerians are uh nigerians are really not that much they're really not that aware and i say that because um we have this um uh, mentality of when something happens to us we want to take care of it ourselves and the longer that you you want to take care of it yourself the worse that it gets um you know like i said before in the past like when something does not feel right it means that it's not right it's not for you you're not your own doctor it's not for you to try to treat it it's for you to see a physician that could help you um um, either either refer you to a specialist or help you feel better by prescribing the right drugs, prescribing the right treatment. But we live in a society that we all believe in and, you know, there are some herbs, um, you know, God will come from upstairs and take care of it. And the longer you have that mentality, the worse the condition gets. Mm -hmm. And so we need to become more aware of our bodies. We need to be in sync with what's going on with us. Um, specifically, you know, Cancer World Day is tomorrow. Um, you know, we are having a, a uh, lecture on cancer in um, Maryland Comprehensive Secondary School, that's Landers 88. And this year we're focusing on three cancers because we're really worried about, about the reproductive, reproductive cancer type. Yes. Okay. We'll get to that point in mm. a moment. All right. But let's, you've talked about the, uh, you know, the contributing factors, factors. to uh, a lack of awareness. How can we change this tide? In terms of awareness, I think um, if a lot more groups are doing what some of us are doing really? tomorrow, mm -hmm. I think it would be a lot, you know, there'll be more awareness for everybody. And I think awareness comes in two forms. You have the grassroots that don't really understand what it means when somebody is diagnosed with cancer because maybe they're not... Um, uh, they don't have the educational tools, they don't have people that could support them, they don't have people that um, could communicate in the way that they could understand. And I think we need to focus on the basics of our health, basically. That, and then when you focus on the basics in terms of using the right language, communicating things, uh, communicating in a way where people can really understand you. Um, and not using medical terms where people cannot seem to figure out what you're talking about. Um, and that, of course, it makes it a lot easier to um, be on the same page with your doctor, with your family, and so on. So I think we need to be cognizant of the fact that not everybody would understand what it means to say you have uh, prostitutes, you have malignancy, you have hepatitis. Nobody understands what that means. Not everybody understands what that means. But you need to break it down. If you say somebody has um, uh, dermatitis, you can, that's an inflammation of the skin. You need to say inflammation of the skin. You need to say it's a condition of the skin. So it, it depends on the language that we're using. So that mm -hmm. the more we, we're able to break our terminologies down for people that may not be in the medical field or has never really thought of researching anything relating to health, the better it is for us. Mm. Yes. Mm. How would you say that, um, you said something now that I would want to pick on that. Um, uh, what does it mean that people do not know what it means to be diagnosed with cancer? So I'm going to ask you, what does it mean to be diagnosed with cancer? Well, 
first and foremost, it's not a death sentence because automatically once somebody is diagnosed with cancer, you don't know what stage the cancer is. People automatically think it's a death sentence. And I want to say loud and clear that it's not a death sentence. It becomes a death sentence if you've been diagnosed and you have refused to go for treatment and the cancer is at stage one, the longer you wait, it gets to stage two, the longer you wait, it gets to stage three, and the longer you wait, it gets to stage four, where the cancer has spread. At that point, you can almost, you're almost sure that that person may not make it because of the fear of the unknown. And that's what that's all about. So I think, you know, like I said, for, for everybody, when someone is diagnosed with cancer, whether you're family, a friend, or everything, it's not a death sentence. The process of treatment, the process of communication, the process of support needs to be there. And that means everybody will start, needs to start researching, asking questions, asking the right questions. You know, the person that has the cancer may not be able to ask the questions, may not even know what to ask. But the people that are around them, it's their responsibility to start going online, researching, you know, um, and getting definitions of terms when the person goes to the doctor, ask those questions. What does that mean? What does this, so that the person that has been diagnosed can feel, not only has the support, has the ability to convey a message of what she's feeling during her chemotherapy, during her radiation therapy, during the, medic during the times that where she's losing her hair and she can't seem to communicate, you know, um, why she's losing her hair. But the support system that she has ultimately we, would help her or him or her to communicate effectively with her doctor. Mm. Yes. Okay, now, how do you think, how ready do you think the medical, uh, uh, the medical society is ready for... I know I'm putting you on the spot and bit there, but how how ready do you think we are as a nation? Maybe I should not say medical society as a nation. How ready? Well, um, I'm not sure ready is the word. Um, I think maybe uh, the word would be um, are the infrastructure in place to treat cancer? How many cancer centers do we have? in Nigeria that can accommodate treating people. It's not about really readiness. It's really about um, do we have the specialties, the specialists available enough in this country to take care of the number of people that have been diagnosed with cancer. I can tell you this now in Nigeria, um, on a yearly basis in Nigeria, we have 10,000 cancer deaths are recorded annually recorded recorded and 250,000 new cases are recorded yearly so you have 10,000 deaths yearly this is according to the WHO um, uh, research 10,000 cancers death yearly and then you have 250 new cases recorded yearly it in is Nigeria. in Nigeria it is also worrisome that only 17% of African countries generally um, are said to have sufficiently funded cancer control programs, while less than half of all the countries in the world have functional plans to prevent the disease and provide treatment and care to patients. So what does that say? It's not just a Nigerian problem. Mm. Many African countries okay. is a problem. However, the number of deaths is much higher in Nigeria. Oh, wow. Yes. And so it's a reality check for all of us that, you know, we can... You can't talk about the health system 
or the healthcare family and not deal with this disease. And the way to deal with the disease will call on government, federal government, state government, to please invest more in the infrastructure, the care centers, the treatment plan, the equipment, the drugs. And I know for a fact that Lagos State Government is doing a lot in that area, um, but we need more. We need more because that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, you know, like 250,000 new, new cases. cases recorded, yes. Wow, that's a lot. Yes. Okay, what are the most common types of cancer in Nigeria? Well, um, number one on that list is breast cancer. Um, number two on that list, based on my research, was uh, abdominal cancer, pancreatic cancer. And the third one that we found was prostate cancer for men. And, um, you know, I think it's important that, you know, for breast cancer, we address certain issues now and people need to be clear about it. For breast cancer, I think all of us, every, every woman during your period, after your period, before your period, there's certain things that you're supposed to do to examine yourself. You're supposed to do a breast exam every month. But I will give you some symptoms to look for if you think something is off with your breast. And symptoms like the skin changes with the breast, you feel a lump, and that lump at times, the lump that, that feels like a hard knot or a thickening, that's what the lump feels like. And in the breast or under the arm, uh, it is important to feel the same area on the other breast so that you can do a comparison. So if you feel it on the breast, to make sure that the change is not a part of a healthy breast tissue. So that means something is wrong. Mm. Because if you feel it under the arm, you feel it, you do your, your examination, go, around, go in a circular motion and feel that, and you can still feel it. And you go to the other breast, it's not there, something is off. So it's time for you to get to the doctor. Um, the, at times you have swelling in the breast, at times you have discharge from the nipple, and at times you have pain. Those are the symptoms that, you come, that comes up. And ultimately, it may not be anything, but it's time for you to get to the doctor for the, for, and get checked for, the, for breast cancer. Um, the second one you said was abdominal. The one is abdominal, uh, and abdominal could be quite a few things, but let's focus on pancreatic cancer. Friend, my sister died of pancreatic cancer in the US, uh, six, it will be six years, April 1st. Mm. And I want to say, every Nigerian, no matter where we are in the world, there's a cultural thing that we carry with us that when something is wrong, is it that we feel ashamed? We don't want to talk about it. My sister didn't tell anybody not even her husband. She was diagnosed stage four pancreatic cancer um, three months before her death. And she didn't call anybody. She would go for her chemo and then she would take her daughter with her, but she would leave her daughter downstairs in the center and say she's getting pain management upstairs because she was that afraid. She didn't want to tell her children. And so she was in Houston. I was in California. And, you know, she was, I, she was meant to come for my birthday and i called her i said why are you not coming she's like oh my husband's not feeling well that was like three days before the party i was like okay fine no problem i understand then april 1st i just got a call and says that my sister is on life support so i left my home in los angeles trying to get to the airport as i was about to board the plane they told me my husband my sister died yes and i say that story because it's a cultural thing again. She didn't want to talk about it. She felt ashamed. She felt she was scared. And so for me, it speaks volume 
because she's in a different climate, a climate where everything's available to you, but she didn't want to talk about it. She was ashamed. So it's a, the culture is endemic in us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be ashamed of. The sooner you talk about it, the faster you can get your treatment and the better it is for, for everybody. All right, let's talk about tomorrow and yes. the reproductive uh, cancers. Yes. Talk about that for a moment. Yes. So tomorrow, like I said, we're talking about breast cancer, prostate cancer, and ovarian cancer um, for, for our event. But I think generally, if, if anybody is going to um, talk about cancer, it's always good to talk about symptoms to look for. Is talk, talk about the food that you eat, talk about the drugs that you may be taking. Um, you need to ensure that you're taking what is right for the particular condition because there's always side effects to too much of something is not good for you anyway. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for tomorrow, we're talking about breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate cancer. Let me quickly just talk about the ovarian cancer part of it. Um, there's a lot of issues with women when it comes to discharge and bleeding pelvic or abdominal pain, urination frequency. These are some of the risk factors of ovarian cancer. Uh, loss of appetite, abdominal bloating, frequent indigestion, low back pain, pain during sex, vaginal bleeding. If you have any of this, even if it's just an ordinary discharge, it's time for you to get to your gynecologist. Ovarian cancer, it takes a while it's not like breast cancer where you can feel and you can feel the lump mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. It takes a while because you may miss, you may, you may confuse a discharge as just an infection when it's actually something else. And so one of the things that we're, we're going to be doing tomorrow, we're going to have a life cycle of cancer talk. It's a panel. You have your urologist, which will address the prostate cancer for the man. You have the family physician, which is the first point of contact anyway. You have a gynecologist, obstet obstetrician and gynecologist. You have the oncologist there. You will also have the morbid anatomy, which is the pathologist. These are the people that run the test anyway for what if you are diagnosed with cancer, if you don't have cancer. So it will be a life cycle panel discussion. Um, and so I'm really excited about it because yeah. we have physicians that are going to be talking in the language that all of us will understand mm -hmm. and i think that's that's key for us okay so. of course the theme is i can we can for this weekend i can is it well for us is um uh, ovarian breast prostate are you aware breast mm. um ovarian breast and prostate cancer are you aware that's okay. our theme for our event tomorrow oh. at Maryland Comprehensive Secondary School. All right. Yes. Uh, I asked this last question sure. before we take a break. Is this preventable? I believe it is. I absolutely believe it is. So when I say I believe it is, first and foremost, environmental issues, mm. the fumes, where we find ourselves. If, it's, if you've had parents that have had cancer, um, there is no guarantee that you would not have it. However, you can do more by preventing it, by not subjecting yourself to environmental fumes, uh, the food that you eat, you know, the microwaving of your food inside plastic, you know, all these different things. So there's preventive measures that you could take to ensure that you don't find yourself um, in that position. Um, eating right, exercising right. You know, I love when you talked about the, your last program. Um, and it's, it's really key that we focus on preventative measures. It's really, really important. And we call on government 
to spend more money on preventative measures than than curing. Yes, mm, yes. Okay. Now, um, um, what is the survival rate in Nigeria? I honestly don't know. Um, you know, I, I when I was doing my research, um, you know, I really focused on you know World Health Organization because they are the uh, the authority on a lot of um, uh, statistics and research issues on on health. Um, but I think um, the more we know, the better it is for us. Um, um, and I think um, uh, all cancer deaths that are linked to tobacco, obesity, harmful use of alcohol, environmental fumes, um, we need to try as much as possible to stay clear of them. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? You have vehicles that have no business being on the road. You have burning all over the place. You have um, biodegradables lying all over the place. So, again, we're talking about things that governments, we as people, can absolutely stay clear of if it's all possible. But you sit in traffic and fumes are all over the place. And that's because you have vehicles that are not supposed to be on the road. Mm. So it, it, it just it just depends. But I, I, I'm hoping and praying that the more awareness, the more we talk about it, that um, the better it is for us. All right. Uh, we'll take a very short break. Before we take that, we asked some of our friends on Trapper what they thought was the most common cancer. We will look at the response after this break. Hey guys, this is Treya from Treya Things. Stevie Compline contains a balanced mix of 23 essential nutrients, giving your body balanced nutrition. Compline is also good for children, lactating mothers, recovering patients, and busy people to stay fit and active. Oh yes! As an investment banker, I have a stressful schedule, and whenever I'm feeling weak, I take Compline. It's my drink of choice. Compline, a complete meal in a drink. Right, uh, we asked uh, uh, on Chopper what are the most common types of cancer. And Femi says for men, prostate cancer and women, it varies on age, but I believe it's breast and cervical cancer. Do you agree with that? I, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, to extend like that, the percentage between cervical cancer and ovarian cancer are very close. close. So it's, yeah. Okay, so someone says uh, ovarian colon and liver cirrhosis. Well, I don't know about liver cirrhosis, but I know colon is up there. I know colon, pancreatic, both are up there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and again, you know, this always comes back to what we eat, what we're surrounded, we're surrounded with. with. Yeah. Okay, you wanted yeah. to say something about uh, um, vitamin deficiency? Yes, I wanted to talk about nutrient deficiency and breast cancer. If you're not getting enough of the right nutrients in your diet, diet, including vitamin D and iodine, your risk of developing breast cancer, according to the WHO, is already elevated. Mm. 
so nutrient deficiency is epidemic in the in in africa many people don't realize that what they are not eating is increasingly like is increasingly their likelihood of developing chronic health conditions such as breast cancer nearly 75 percent of the adult healthy population is deficient in iodine which has been shown to help ward off cancer cells in the breast and elsewhere throughout the body Vitamin D deficiency is another one of the risk factors in breast cancer. A 2012 study published in India uh, Journal of Endocrinology and Metabolism revealed that low vitamin D levels are a hallmark in women with breast cancer. Other sh studies show similar findings. So, here we are. We need to double up on that vitamin D. Talk we to your to eat right. We need to eat right. Um, talk to your, your physici physician. I remember the earlier last year when I went to the US for my medical checkup, out of everything they found, they said I was deficient in vitamin D. I could not believe it. And I'm like, I live in Nigeria. What do you mean? Um, so I quickly had to double up on that vitamin <laughs> D <laughs> quickly. So, um, you know, the gentleman talked about prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And I want to quickly say, um, uh, people used to think that the prostate cancer was they define it as old man's disease. Mm. And I'm here to tell you, according to WHO studies, prostate cancer is now, um, the, the statistic is between 45 and 75. So it's gotten lo lower, lower in lower age. In age uh, so, however, as men get older, their risk of getting prostate cancer rises drastically. Prostate cancer is commonly thought of as old man's disease. However, 60% of cases occur in men are over the age of between the ages of 45 and 65 and 97 percent of those cases occur in men over the age of 50. 50. Wow. Five zero. okay all right uh uh toy is here and she's helping us understand our cancer more uh stay but quickly let's look at the events that we have on trapper uh this weekend you have the 15 kilometer unit like pre-marathon run if you're going to be joining the Lakers Marathon next week, okay, you can join the 15-kilometer pre-marathon run at the Unilag uh, with the Unilag crew on Trapper tomorrow. Get on the app to find out more. All right, and then we have the 21-kilometer Ikoto run. The Ikoto Fit Fam will also be doing a pre-marathon run. Join them if you'll be around Ikoto this weekend. All right, uh, what's up? Hello and good evening, my name is Sam and tonight on Sam Tips, we are talking about cancer. Cancer begins when cells in a part of the body starts to grow out of control. There are many kinds of cancer, but they all start because of out-of-control growth of abnormal cells. Now here are the most common kinds of cancer. The lung cancer, breast cancer, colorectum, prostate and stomach cancer. But that will be all for now. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next week. All right, so I, I, I heard you say, mm hmm Yep. Yep. Uh, that's really refreshing to hear uh, <laughs> because it helps me validate and my advocacy, advocacy is going to get stronger. Yeah. Um, really, let's just say, you know, for general health purpose, when you go to your medical doctor, when you go to your doctor, please, it's important that you get medical checkup every year. They run your blood work, they check your chemistry, your hemoglobin, your cholesterol, and so on and so forth. Um, 
and so it's important to write these things down when you go to your doctor if you're on any treatment you need to write down the side effects that you're experiencing from those treatments so that the doctor can make an informed decision whether or not to change your medication potential setbacks on current therapy if you're on any therapeutic um, treatment it's important to write down what you're experiencing um, if you've had a rise in your latest um, blood test number one on case in matter prostate cancer on PSA test it's important that you talk to your doctor about that um, and generally across board every single one of whether it's our children or our elderly it's important that we write things down as we feel them mm -hmm. it's important all right thank you very much to Yanches for joining our conversation today and hopefully this will make us think more seriously about this coach thanks again all right i must say a big thank you to kaide mafalashari for producing this show and to bulliologer of trapper for logistic support trapper chat is produced by Black Images Media for Trapper. I am Uluwatsumishi Olada Bokuku. You're recovering horrible with a very bad voice this evening. Don't worry. <laughs> My voice will be back next week. Asking you to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Rest. Okay. I'm going to rest this weekend. I must rest this weekend and beyond. Have a great weekend. Bye. that when recuperating from illness or just feeling tired, your body requires increased amounts of nutrition for quick and fast recovery? Complan contains a balanced mix of 23 essential nutrients, giving your body balanced nutrition. Complan is also good for children, lactating mothers, recovering patients, and busy people to stay fit and active. Oh yes! As an investment banker, I have a stressful schedule, and whenever I'm feeling weak, I take Complan. It's my drink of choice. Complan, a complete meal in a drink.